this is the Fantasy Menace, your number one source for dynasty news and analysis with your hosts, Jake Sullivan, Brendan Albrizio, and Colin O'Brien. Hello, Padawans. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, and we are back in full force. We have Brendan Albrizio, the Iceman himself, alongside Colin O'Brien, back for the first time in a couple episodes, right, Colin? Yeah, I've been in the waiting room this whole time. It's, it's. I'm glad you finally let me in because it's getting really cold in here and uh, a little bit dark. And so I'm, I'm excited to to see someone, that really makes anyone. Sense. That does make sense. Yeah. yeah, a wrong link situation, perhaps. Maybe that's what it was. Yep. yep. Okay. You got it. Brendan, also welcome back. I'm sure you're psyched to see Colin back as well. He always adds a little spice to this. You know, it always helps. This, this, the triumvirate. It feels like we're we're back to full force, right? I'm glad we're all together. It's been a couple of weeks. Colin's great to see you. We know you're traveling, and you could squeeze this episode in before you go to the Eurozone. Is that where that country is? Uh, Lithuania, yeah, the Baltics actually, Latvia, Estonia, uh, right by Germany. It's a lot, a lot going on over there right now. Actually, first time uh, anywhere other than Italy on that side of the world. So pretty excited. Really have no idea what I'm walking into, but it should be a, a pretty cool experience. I've heard Lithuania is much more beautiful than Italy, so I am happy for you. I think that'll be a much better trip than whatever you did in in Italy. So. Uh, congratulations yeah, to you for that. It's also our third episode in a row where we reference Deutschland. We also have the Patriots going to Deutschland uh, this coming Sunday. So that's, uh, are you going to try to squeeze in a little visit to the game, Colin? You're the only one on the show that's not a Patriots fan, but. Yeah. So it, interestingly enough, I think I'll be in Frankfurt as the game is happening uh, or right before the game is happening. So uh, hypothetically, if I miss my flight, I, I have something to do. So uh, if that happens, I'll let you know. Give this episode a listen over there so we continue to broaden our international listening pool. The Padawans need to be brought into overseas, right? So with that, we have a heck of an episode for you today, folks. We have kind of a special episode. We have a trade target episode. And we did that because the trade deadline is coming right down the pipe. I don't know if you guys are aware, but it is right around the corner, especially if you use our favorite platform, which is Sleeper. Sleeper's standard trade deadline is week 11. This is, we're recording this on November 9th. We are going into week 10. And so that gives you just a little bit of time to make some really important moves here. But first, before we kind of get to the main segment, boys, we want to talk a little bit about the trade strategy, right? What, what, what do you guys typically do? Colin, fill me in a little bit on kind of, from a dynasty perspective. What, 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 what do you typically look at? How do you assess your team? How do you make the right decisions? Which way do you go with this? Yeah, so so um, I think it's it's topical to have this conversation right now before the trade deadline happens. And um, I think a lot of people look at Dynasty a bunch of different ways. And, and we've been super clear that we are not a redraft podcast. We, we don't necessarily care as much about the aging guys that are uh, not likely to be helping long term. And so we're really more so focused on this podcast, really uh, identifying the people who are going to make some significant changes on on your roster, making sure that you're going to build exactly what the whole thing is called, essentially a dynasty, right? But I do think that there's a lot of people out there that have different mindsets. So some people might be willing to go all in, 
trade for some of those aging guys that can give you that uh, that that really high end performance for the rest of this year to get you that championship at the risk of hurting your team long term and then forcing yourself into a rebuild, which is a strategy. A lot of us think a little bit differently in that um, I'd rather invest, even if it doesn't get me the most points this year, I'm prioritizing the long term. So you might opt to really search for somebody who's going to get you that long term benefit. And so it's really about weighing those benefits. And um, there's no right or wrong way, I guess, depending on who you are. It's all about what you think personally, if you're more willing to go all in to try to earn a little bit of cash up front. I did do that in one of my drafts or one of my leagues last year. I, I spent a ton of uh, picks and all of that on CMC to bring him in. And it's worked out. It worked out really well. I won a championship in that league. Won't name any names in here uh, over who that was, but he beat me by uh, 50 points. He beat me by 50 <laughs> points, whatever. It, I, was I actually don't know if I even that. needed to do that. And now I don't have any first for the next few years. So it, exactly what it means. Right. So it's all about weighing those, those priorities, figuring out what, what's going to get you the most championships sooner, but also long-term. If I can get three championships down the road, I might not want to make that trade today. Even if it's not going to get me the championship today, I'm, I'm more so focused on what's going to make me a dominant powerhouse for the rest of time, as opposed to just one single season. Colin, I'm glad you brought up that there's no right and wrong way to trade. There's no right and wrong strategy to have because there absolutely is. And the wrong way to trade is to trade with Jake Sullivan around the trade deadline. That is 100% the wrong strategy. False. If you think this is for one second that you should do that, I want you to look at yourself in the mirror, slap yourself in the face, and don't do it. You sound afraid. You sound scared, Brendan. That's, I'm not afraid. You're running we scared? We know your game. We've, uh -huh. We know your game. Uh-huh. Mr. No Trade over there. Sure thing. But anyways, I, I lean more towards Colin. There are different tactics, right? There is, first of all, championships live forever. So go do what you got to do to win a championship. Don't totally screw yourself for the next five years, but there's seemingly is always a way that you can recover if you play it smart. And that's what we're here to provide for you guys is some ways to play it smart. I typically tend to just look at value, right? I almost look at it like a stock market of go get somebody now that you believe that their value is going to increase later and then sell them again if you need to. If you love them, keep them on the team, but go get that value, chase that value, and then you can flip it if you want to, or if you feel that you have a contending team, then there you go. So um, I also, Colin did smoke me by 50 points in a championship with one of these teams where I tend to chase young talent. I'm always chasing that like 10 year dynasty, right? I'm always trying to get the young guys, the up and comers so that eventually it's this juggernaut of a team. It often doesn't work out, but I still have a, a team name called the Jake or not. So I'm going to stick to that. Jake's team should be called the DiCaprio's. What the hell is that supposed to mean? Oh, you know what it means, you pervert. I don't. Those girls are too young for you. He only he only <laughs> dates he only dates allegedly. Okay, I'm not entertainment tonight, but okay. allegedly he only okay. dates okay. women in their young to mid twenties. Wow. Wow. Look at you thinking on your feet today. Good for you, Brendan. Anyways, let's, let's move over to We could retire right now. That was, that was legendary. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're moving on. Congratulations. Brendan made a joke. Everybody, round of applause. You hear that, Padawans? He made a joke. Good for him. Okay. This guy, that guy. We're stepping into this for a minute here, okay? Because before we get into our main segment, we want to talk a little bit about those of you who are out there that you're contenders right now. You just need that one more piece. You're willing to go and acquire 
an older asset that is producing. And typically, that's not a very exciting thing to do. But hey, if you're chasing a championship, you just need that one more piece. These guys aren't that expensive to go get. And we have a couple instances of, would you like to go trade for this player or for that player? So what I want to do is kind of propose these two instances to both of you guys. Okay. And then I want to hear from you which way you're going with this. All right. The first comparison I want to bring to you too is a wide receiver comparison. We have in the black trunks, Keenan Allen, 31 years of age. In the white trunks, we have Adam Thielen, 33 years of age. Gentlemen, I want to hear from you guys. They both are obviously producing this year. They both have produced year over year. Seems like Adam Thielen was dead. Keenan Allen coming into the season had a little more high hopes, but they are both certainly players that can bring a lot of value to your to your roster this season. Brendan, let's start with you. Which way are you leaning with these two players? Who would you rather go get? And what are you really willing to spend again? And what do you think? All right. This is where I'm torn because one of these players is somebody that I absolutely love. I've loved this guy for a long time but my mind tells me he's not going to be the better deal if i'm in win now and let's make an assumption that i think i can probably win this year and next year i've got a team to do it so i'm not 100 percent all in this year but i think i've got this year and next my heart is telling me grab keenan allen grab this guy because he's been awesome when he's been out there he's one of justin herbert's favorite targets but my mind is telling me jake that adam Thielen might actually surprisingly be the better pick adam Thielen right now is wide receiver eight on the year he's not even ranked in our true rank he as you said he's 33 years old but here's the thing keenan allen is right now on a four-year 81 million dollar contract he's a free agent in 2025 but there is an out after this year next year keenan allen has a 34.7 million dollar cap hit if the chargers either don't make the playoffs or crash out in the first round of the playoffs not only is staley fired but i would not be surprised if they do not bring back keenan allen that is a huge number he's going to be 32 years old next year and what's the point i they've got Quentin Johnston, who we don't really like, but they've got him. They've got Joshua Palmer. They can go a lot cheaper. And if they're just going to be mediocre, even with Justin Herbert, I bet you they just cut him loose. So because of that, I actually think that Thielen is the better deal because he doesn't have an out until 2025, and he's not a free agent until 2026. Bryce Young really likes him. He is putting up numbers, and I just think he's going to give you a bit more stability this year and next. And there's, there's like literally nobody else around him. Jonathan Mingo, we spoke about the last episode, but I mean, I don't know. He's there. They're going to, they're going to continue to utilize him to get their young quarterback up to speed. Colin, are you in agreement with Brendan or are you kind of on the other side of this? So I, I think this is a super interesting one. So I actually, uh, same, same uh, league that we just talked about with CMC. I also did the exact same thing for Keenan Allen. So I went, all in because I was a little bit intimidated by a few of the other teams in the league. It worked out for me, but they're aging fast. And to be honest with you, I've shopped, I've shopped Keenan Allen and I don't think I can even trade him right now because of the value that I'm getting sent back to me right now. However, 
I think I'm just holding a little bit too high because I'm still kind of win now. So as soon as I feel like I might not actually have it this year, I'll drop that value and I'm totally willing to shop them. Or it depends on like the package that I'm getting back to me. But I think for me, I, I, I've gone back and forth like four times since, since Brendan started talking. The one thing that I think is, uh, uh, I guess swaying me slightly towards Thielen is the, and we'll get into this because we fundamentally disagree with this, but uh, fantasy pros put out a whole trade value uh, portion of their site. And I'm looking at like what they're saying these players could be worth. Thielen is significantly less. So uh, if I can get close to the same production, I'd probably be more willing in a, in a win now buying perspective, I'm probably more likely to try to bid on whoever's going to cost me the least amount because it might save that long, long-term hope of mine rather than spending a first on someone like Keenan Allen where I lose that first and then I could just lose Keenan Allen next year too. That's like a double whammy that honestly, if I don't win it this year, it's it's all for nothing. So I think I would probably uh, hedge my bets a little bit and I'd probably agree with Brendan. I think I would, I would pick uh, feeling over Keenan Allen in this case. Colin, okay. what's the we best have... offer you've got for Keenan Allen? You're holding him, you're shopping him. What's the best offer you've received? Like a late second, a bag of potatoes. Wow. Chips. Yeah, like like nothing. So, uh, what I'm here to say is, if you do want him, he can be had. I'm sure there's people who are willing to trade him, but uh, I'm not certain. I'm certainly not willing to give up on a guy like Keenan Allen when I'm still in the hunt for a championship this year for a late second. That's probably. I mean, it's a dart throw at that point anyway. So I'd rather just I'd rather just hold him until my team is dead and buried and then I can rebuild from there. But I'm not going to completely sabotage my future for also a downgrade this season as well. Yeah, I mean, you're pro- if you're making these moves, recognize you're probably riding them on t- into the sunset. You're not really going to get much return for them. This is a go win, okay? So you're not going to go trade for these guys and then flip them at the end of the season and recoup your 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 uh, pick there. That's probably not how it's going to work. Let's move on to one more of this guy versus that guy. Okay. And we're going to go over to the running backs and that is Joe Mixon versus Collins boy, Aaron Jones. Colin, I'm going to let you start off with this one here. Okay. Let me know which one you're going to take. We got Joe Mixon. He is 27 years old. Aaron Jones, 28 years old. The fantasy pros trade value is very similar. So you could get either one of them for just about the exact same price. So which one are you leaning towards here, Colin? And don't let your Green Bay bias. My man. Lead the Potawans. My man, Aaron Jones, is just a great guy. I just love him. Uh, the, the last the last game, there was... Um, uh, a young rookie, I think it was uh, Don Dontravian uh, Wicks, fumbled. He comes, run, he's walking off the field. He's got his head hung, and he's all depressed. Aaron Jones runs across the field, picks his head up, puts his arm around him, walks across the field, and and really just try to lifts that young man up. And I love to see stuff like that. And then Aaron Jones gets out there the very next play, and he fumbles too. Aaron Jones known. has fumbled. I should have known. I was going to lead you right down the path of talking about some obscure. Green Bay yeah. backer, like yeah, defensive hey. player. Who, Tarkrivian, hey. who did you just say? Yeah, Dontravian Wicks, I think his name is. Oh, of course. Like, he's like wide receiver Wicks. eight or nine, yeah. Um, anyway, so so to, to answer your question, honestly, 
I don't feel super strongly one way or the other about these two guys. I think Aaron Jones is uh, between the two. I mean, I think Joe Mixon for years has kind of peaks and valleys and, and hit or miss. Aaron Jones, pretty similar. I think they're very similar players. But when Aaron Jones is healthy, he performs. And everything they're saying right now is he is he is finally healthy. They're going to actually cut him loose. He had 20 carries last week. Um, and so I think if he can stay healthy between the two of them, he's all they got. And and when Aaron Jones is not performing well, the Green Bay Packers do not perform well. So it's essential for that team, for Jordan Love, for their entire passing game, their running game, for LaFleur's tenure as head coach there. They have to give him the ball. If I'm in a win-now situation, honestly, I think I'd probably bet on Aaron Jones, knowing that if he's on the field and if he's healthy, that's somebody who I think is going to be a top performer on the West the rest of the way out. His entire career, he's never been worse than running back 12. So uh, I think that's a good bet to make. The risk is hamstring injuries very often uh, will linger or come back. And I think that's something we need to be seri- seriously concerned with with him. But if I'm if I'm throwing that dart, I, I think Aaron Jones is probably the guy for me. Brennan, he's got a pretty steep hill to climb to bounce back to that running back 12 or higher status here, sitting at running back 34. Are you in agreement with Colin, or, or which way are you going with this one? Here's my thing. I don't like either one of these guys. If I'm in win now. Oh, oh Brennan does like a running need, back. I, I know. It would need to take a lot. For me to give up anything and before i even jump into this jake i would love for you to tell the audience you mentioned that fantasy pros trade value was effectively the same i would love for you to tell our listeners what fantasy pros is valuing joe mixon and aaron jones at today what do they believe their value is a late first that's insane that's Absolutely insane. Well, okay, but hold on. Give... What, what, how about this? How about I list some of the players that are of equivalent value for some of these guys, right? Rasheed Rice, Jamison Williams. I mean, those are guys I'd be willing to trade to go get one of these running backs to contend for a championship. I know you'd be willing to. You Wait, you would be willing to trade Jamison Rasheed Williams Rice? or Rasheed? Look, if, I'm, if I am a running back away from being able to go and get a championship in my mind, all right, that's actually fair. I'll, I see that. I'll trade it for Joe for Joe Mixon. I won't do it for Aaron Jones. Sorry. But here's my problem is I wouldn't give – maybe I, I guess that's fair. I wouldn't give a first for any of those players, though. I wouldn't give a first for J-Mo, Rasheed, or Mixon, or Aaron Jones for that matter. I think, and, Brendan, I think the fantasy menace as a whole here is lower on the value of running backs than the typical consensus out in the field. We stand by that. I think I think we are right. Yes. They are wrong. But of course. I do think people still value running backs are scarce. These two guys that we're talking about are essentially the bell cow. Aaron Jones hasn't really been playing that way this year, but they get the opportunity that's rare to come by. So it's tough to get that. It's tough to get that consistency. Whoever has these guys are probably banking on them. So unless they're going into a rebuild, they're probably not going to sell it for much less than that. Yeah. Real quick. So I think to, to both of your points, I answered the question as asked. Okay. I follow the rules. I, I'd rather trade for a many, many of other players above these two guys. You gave me two options. I would at this point I this would say I probably I've exa- I've exhausted 
all of my other options. There's no other younger guys. There's no other players that have been, uh, you know, more more reliable over the last year or two. So at this, at this point between the two, I'm probably going there. Let me just say, Aaron Jones has been the bell, the bell cow in the only two games he's been healthy. He put up 26, actually 27 points and 18 points in those two games. The other games he was nursing injuries. They put him out there and then they took him off the field after a few carries. They, he didn't get enough actual play to, to really be relevant. So I'm saying, again, if they do continue to invest in him, he will change your your dynasty team. I'm telling you for this specific year, but he's probably not going to be around all that long. His contract is insane next year. They're going to move. They will move on. I, I really believe this is his last year. I do want to point out in that 26 point game, 26.7 point game, he had nine rushing attempts and two receptions. He just happened to have two touchdowns on top of that. So that really helped him out there. But I think, I think I get the point and I don't think we're advocating go spend a late first. However, those players that we listed, I think that's a little more like it. If you have Rasheed Rice and you can go get one of these guys and that's the difference between contending and, and potentially getting a championship and not, I think it's worth it. So that's kind of the point of the exercise. Brendan, you want to say something? No, I was just going to say that I would pick Joe Mixon and I can't believe I'm going to do it. I threw up a little bit in my mouth, but I, I would pick Joe Mixon. He's on a better offense. He is on a contract with an out next year, but it's only an eight and a half million dollar cap hit. I think they keep him on there. He's been playing well. Joey B and the Bengals as a whole don't care about September, but once they get to October, they're a great team. I think it's Mixon. I'm concerned about Aaron Jones injury history. I'm concerned about his cap hit next year. I don't know what they're going to do because the dead cap is like 12 mil. I think the cap hit is 17 mil. They're going to either restructure again or they're going to have a very expensive running back on there, but I'm really worried about his injuries and that overall offense. Yeah, I, I lean more Mixon. I think I already alluded to that earlier. So I think we can move on to the meat on the bone. Let's get to the tasty trade targets, boys. What we have here is we have two different categories for types of trade targets to go try to get. We've each selected one player for the two categories. The two categories are the get no matter the cost player, meaning expensive players that are worth the cost today that we still think will gain value going forward, but you're going to have to pay to get them on your team now. And the other section is sweet deals, players that are about to boom, that haven't quite boomed yet or Certainly not a, a very expensive value yet, right? So um, I'll go first. How about that? Why don't, we do, why don't we do that? Okay. Host gets to go first. Host chooses. I go first. And for my get no matter the cost player, it is Garrett Wilson. And that should be no surprise to anybody that's in any leagues with me because I pretty much did that. In one of my leagues before the Aaron Rodgers injury, I went out and I traded Jalen Waddle and two first round picks to get Garrett Wilson. So that certainly is a steep pay. I knew what I was doing. I have a very strong roster. I was assuming those were going to be late picks. They have since Justin Jefferson has been hurt. Justin Fields has been hurt. Garrett Wilson has suffered a little bit from Aaron Rodgers, but my point remains the same. I believe that you don't have to worry about Zach Wilson as the quarterback next year. I do think Aaron Rodgers is coming back. And if he isn't, then they are going to have the ability to move up in the draft to get somebody else or potentially go get a Kyler Murray or potentially go get a Justin Fields or somebody that's going to hit the market 
this offseason. Brennan, I see you raising your eyes about Kyler Murray. You have a major crush on Kyler Murray. However, QB1. 23 years old. He's currently the wide receiver 22. He finished last year as the wide receiver 21. And that was with Zach Wilson and Mike White. Is Mike White, Mike White's what, like QB3 in, in Miami right now? Something like that, right? Is he it's even ridiculous. in Miami still? He went there. Who knows? But but that's my point. Who knows? These these nobodies. He's still producing a wide receiver two production for you here. Aaron Rodgers claims he's returning in three weeks. Do you guys see that? It was Derwin James he was saying on the field. That's I don't no think shot. I believe that. There's no shot he comes back. I don't think I believe that. However, I do think he's going to try to come back at some point this season. Whether or not it's going to be fantasy relevant is one thing, but it is going to be value relevant to Garrett Wilson because if he comes back and if all of a sudden Garrett Wilson balls out with Aaron Rodgers throwing to him, you bet your ass this offseason, that value of Garrett Wilson goes through the roof like it did this this offseason. You'll see it again. It's going to be another cycle. Uh, I do also expect a positive regression with touchdowns for Garrett Wilson as they start to figure this out a little more. He's had six touchdowns in 26 total career games. So he's also, he was six in targets last season amongst all wide receivers. He's currently 10th this season. They're obviously struggling mightily. So they, they try to control the pace of the game with the run. And then all of a sudden they start abandoning it. It is always Garrett Wilson. If you watch him, he's electric guys. So to me, his trade value in fantasy pros is pick 105 or pick 107 in an early 2025 second, somewhere around there. That is something I would easily, easily trade to go get what I believe is already a proven wide receiver and still very young. The team loves him. They want to keep feeding him. This is somebody I say, pay up, go get him now because it's only going to reward you later. Oh, yeah. Uh, fully on board there. I think if <laughs> Fantasy Pros' trade value is real, real upsetting. It's not even close. And and this is exactly right. Like if you can just send one first round pick to get this guy, it's a done deal. I don't even need to like, I don't even need to think about that. I just hit accept. Right. So the whole point is the whole, and again, not, not the Padawans of course, but a lot of the dynasty world are relying on sites like fantasy pros and their trade values. And they're going to, you're going to send them a trade and they might run it by that or some of the other, trade calculators out there and a lot of their values are just crazy off so you never know right so send something out there but i'd actually recommend you pay way above that to get this guy i fully fully on board with what jake is saying i think i actually i i was all in on garrett wilson thinking aaron Rodgers was going to be there and whether he does or doesn't come back it's irrelevant because i think his floor is what we're seeing right now and long term Garrett Wilson is a special, special talent. Even the touchdowns he has right now, most of those throws are just gross. And he just alpha bodies, whoever's covering him, he goes and grabs it. And it's incredible. He is an incredible talent. He, he wins every one way. Of those guys. It seems like he wins every, every way. way. He wins with his route he running. Just, he wins with contested catches. He wins with spectacular catches. Colin, I do want to ask you if you could get him with just a first is what you said, but would you, would you trade a top three pick from next year? That's tough. That one, I can see somebody having a hard time with some of the guys we see coming in and Kayla Williams, Drake may, because keep in mind, we are a super flex show. And then even Mar Marvin Harrison jr. Who everybody is madly in love with. So that would be that one. I can see being a little tough to, to get if you're trying to sell Garrett Wilson for whatever reason, but I think you're, yeah. are you, are you in agreement with that? Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily know if there was like a a real question in there. It was 
I think if the question oh, was, would you would you, would, I, would you part ways with a top three pick for Garrett Wilson? Yeah. So here's the thing. I think it depends on the. I think trading is. It really depends on the making of your team. If you are a trash team and you don't have any real value, and and you have one of those top three picks because your team is real bad, then I might want to hold on to that pick, especially if you don't have any quarterbacks. Uh, but if you do have a lot of pieces and you're one or two or three away, I'm totally willing to part ways with that top three pick for Garrett Wilson. But again, I do, I do think like that's right on the line of it, de- it kind of depends on the makeup of my team. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to clear that up because we know how much hype there is about the draft picks and like the one-on-one, I don't know. That'd be tough. Brandon, where do you lie on this? Let's see the top three picks next year in some order, probably going to be, Drake May, Caleb Williams, and Marvin Harrison Jr. Hopefully Marvin Harrison has fewer guns than his dad. That's the top three, right? <laughs> oh, my. We're not talking about pipes, right? We're talking about actual weapons. Allegedly. 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 He, they cannot find a, They can't have a witness. No one will step forward and say that Marvin was the man with the gun, although they have the gun. They be, they have his own name on it, and no, not one Moving witness on. around. Moving on. We're, yeah. Uh, yeah, you give up the first, you give up the th- top three pick to Garrett Wilson. Absolutely. Wow. Garrett Williams is not a winner. Drake May, TBD. Marvin Harrison Jr. does look generational, but Garrett Wilson is already awesome. You've got a proven guy who came in the NFL, tons of draft capital, tons of hype, and he's getting it done. I think that that is worth it because it de-risks the whole situation. We hope and pray Marvin Harrison is going to be the next maybe jamar chase maybe justin jefferson but garrett wilson's damn close absolutely i give up that love it love it brennan bring me to your player let's move on because we all agree on that one so no more reason to discuss it where are you going next it's an easy one i'm going with cd lamb jake cd lamb last year in his third year third year wide receiver breakout and he broke out as the wide receiver three this year so far he is the wide receiver six he's 24 years old Last year, he only had three games below 10 points, so he was pretty damn consistent. 11 of his games he played last year scored over 15. That was a pretty consistent, very high floor wide receiver. That is absolutely what I want on my team. This year, it's been a little more rocky, but I think it's been rocky for a very good reason. He's had one game below 10 points, but only four games over 15. Now, the last three games have been really good, all over 14, with including the 41-point game. But here's the thing. In the offseason, Mike McCarthy brought in his best friend, Brian Schottenheimer. Why is Brian Schottenheimer his best friend? Because Brian Schottenheimer used to be the offensive coordinator for the Seahawks. Mike McCarthy loves running the ball. So does Brian Schottenheimer. Remember all those let Russ cook chants and whatever those fans were doing in Seattle. That was Brian Schottenheimer. Mike McCarthy took over from the for play calling, and it's just been a change. The entire offense has changed, and it took them a little while to get going. But the last three weeks suggest to me that they've really got it going on with CeeDee Lamb. It's really the CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott show. Everyone knows it's going to them, and boy, have they been showing out. 18.7, 41, 28.1, and there is far more to come in the future. I would pay whatever it's going to take. I don't even have 
that fantasy pros value because I think it's probably so low on all I these players. You, I can tell you actually, well, what Brandon, is it? It is significantly higher than Garrett Wilson. He is valued as the wide receiver four, whereas Garrett Wilson is valued as the wide receiver 11. It would be the equivalent of a top three pick plus an early second or the equivalent of a CJ Stroud super flex value. So the value is higher. You are paying more to go get this guy. Okay. A first and a second is why I would pay that in a heartbeat. Even if it was a top top three, three even if it was a top three and a second, and I would come very close to paying that same price for Garrett Wilson, Jake. That's why I think that these trade values are so wild. Now, when it comes to players, CJ Stroud or CD Lamb, that's very difficult. I acknowledge that they might have the players pegged at the right value, but the draft compensation, no shot. Yes, if that was the number one overall pick and I it was a second round and I could get myself CD Lamb, done. I love it. Colin, you have any rebuttal or should we just move on to yours? Yeah, no, no rebuttal. The only thing I'll add is uh, I, I really think that across the board, we're, we're seeing a trend on this podcast specifically, uh, the way that we lean. And really that's draft picks tend to get way overvalued. People don't realize how risky those draft picks, are. even the top three, very, very often those top three draft picks, a ton of them are just busts. They Price never on. actually become anything. CEH, there's, I mean, on and on year after year. So you never know. You do know that C.D. Lamb is an incredible player. You do know that um, Garrett Wilson's an incredible player with unlimited upside if they could grab that quarterback. And so I actually think that top three pick, far more risky, right? And so, yes, I think it's if you can get a guaranteed piece, invest in that piece if it's going to make your team better. And then when people realize that, you can still sell that player for more picks, right? So you can you can recoup yeah. those picks if you need yeah, to. I mean- to put that into context, if you take our league of record and you took the 103 and the 201 to go get CD Lamb, you would have gotten Bryce Young and Jonathan Mingo for Bright for CD Lamb. That's oh, a oh no-brainer. So good point. Good point there. I, I like it. I Brendan, you know I love CD Lamb too. I I'm still waiting for people to recognize that he is a top three, top four wide receiver in the league. It seems like Fantasy Pro certainly recognizes that, but he didn't really live up to that expectation, to your point, Brendan. Now he's certainly starting to play that way. But God, is he exciting to watch. Colin, let's move on to yours. Who do you have as your go get him no matter what guy? Yeehaw, boys. It is about time in this Superflex Dynasty podcast that we talk about a dang quarterback. Okay? Yes, sir. This guy, there is no secret that this podcast fell in love from the very beginning. We had some concerns. We still have some concerns, but doggone it, I am very excited about this player, and I think everything that played out so far this year might just help you to get this guy at a little bit of a discount that you'll never get another shot at. The player I'm referring to is Anthony Richardson. No, he will not help you in a win-now situation this year, and that is A-OK with me because this guy, I'm I'm talking about a guy who can't stay on the field, that's that's true. We'll we'll call it like it is. He he consistently has been banged up. He's taken hits he shouldn't. But did you guys know? He essentially played two full games. He is still he only played two full games. Yes, he played in a few others, but he is still quarterback twenty nine on the season. 
He's still a top 32 quarterback. He's only really played in two full games. <laughs> that is, that's kind of, I mean, obviously 29 doesn't excite you, but when you put it that way, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, that's, that's why. I, I mean, I mean, this guy, his, his upside is, is, is honestly through the roof. I don't, I don't think that the, the limit exists. I think this guy is, he can be a top one quarterback in the league for the next 10 years. If he can find a way to stay healthy, he, there's so much for him to work on. He has a ton of young, young weapons in this offense. We, I know that they're going to invest around him. They did that with Peyton Manning. They, they do believe in bringing in quarterbacks and then investing in young talent around them. One thing to call out is Michael Pittman is, uh, I think, on the last year of his contract, so he could be moving on. I believe at this point, if the season ended today, I think they'd still be a top, a top 10 pick. So maybe they go out there, they bring in Marvin Harrison Jr., reunite the Harrisons with the Colts. That would be a pretty exciting experience for the, the youngest and best quarterback in the NFL moving forward. And based on fantasy pros, by far the highest value of anyone we're talking about. Again, this is for Superflex. They valued him at essentially um, two firsts, which for me is insanity. I pay that in a heartbeat. There's no questions asked. I'm sending that and I'm and I'm happy to spend more if I need to to get this guy. I'll take it a step further. I think I would have taken him over Bijan now if I could play it over again. I I actually did, but it's because I had the one on one and one on two in our draft. But I think I think right now I value him over Bijan in a super flex if we were to redo the draft. One thing I also want to point out too, Colin, the that game that he let the Houston game in week two, he left just after the first quarter ended. He left that game with 17.74 points at the very beginning of the second quarter. So this guy is just the definition of potent. This guy just goes out there and dominates, and he he just barely scratched the surface of what he's going to do in the NFL. And I'm not worried about the injuries. They He's going to learn from missing this whole season from playing a little, a little too dangerously out there. And he's already shown that that arm strength is can be matched with more accuracy than what we saw in college. So I am so freaking excited to watch this guy play. It is a bummer. We didn't get to watch him play more this year. I'm stuck hearing everybody talk about CJ Stroud instead of Anthony Richardson. This should be the Anthony Richardson show, but we'll get there next year. And I'm excited to see it. Brandon, are you in agreement here or is that like an overpay? What are you thinking? No, that's a way underpay. If I put forth two first round picks, even three, and the Anthony Richardson owner was like, sure then sign me up. Sign me up every single day. We were worried about Anthony Richardson for two reasons. One was no one has really seen him play football that much, and we had no idea what to expect. And then two, the football we did see really had a lot of peaks and valleys, and with that came the accuracy questions. Is It seems to be very up and down. His arm doesn't feel that accurate. He got in the NFL, and they adapted that offense around him. He looked great. Jake, to your point, 17 points. He played 33% of the snaps in that game. Like, what? That's the type of ceiling this guy has. It's like he's Cam Newton 2.0. But instead of Cam Newton's rookie year being in 2012, where offenses were just starting to figure out how to incorporate a running quarterback, now we've had years of it. We've had since Cam Newton joined the league, it's been 11 years. Offenses are far more progressive now. Offenses are much more creative at getting 
the quarterbacks who are coming from college into the NFL with legs and arms in the right position to succeed. I was shocked at what we got from Anthony Richardson, and I would 100% pay at least those two picks. Definitely three. I would consider four first-round picks if I had Oh, wow. Wow. All right. I might need to you put just, on We're not going to get another prospect like this, like Woo. Anthony Richardson, with the size and ability with just a little bit of experience to show up like that. I love hearing that. And and look, Colin, you're, to your point, they're currently projected with the 10th pick. But even if they use that on a defensive player, they got the tools around them. They have the O-line. They just signed Jonathan Taylor. He's going to be there for a few years. They seemingly have the coach that they need in Shane Steichen to really develop in the way they need to. I'm Brendan Ford first. That, kind, that just kind of floored me. But uh, th- that, I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying I disagree. Yeah. I'm really not. Okay, so... And obviously, guys, that's for the, for the audience out there. That is, that's one that you're most likely doing. You're punting on this year, right? So maybe that's a move a little more of, hey, I'm I'm almost there. I'm I need one more piece to really get me over the hump. I don't think I can win this year. So why not just do this and and see where it goes from there? That does it for the first segment here of our get no matter the cost players. Now let's move on to the second and final segment, which is our sweet deals. And that, again, are players that are maybe showing some glimmers, showing some stuff that people are still a little que- they're questioning or maybe haven't shown much at all yet. However, we believe that it's time to go get them before their value soars, right? So, um, Colin, I'm going to start with you on this one, okay? I want to see where you're going here. Yeah, I, I love that. And, and honestly, I think um, we don't have to spend all too much time on this guy specifically because a, a lot of the reason that I – I'm so interested in him is, is actually there's not a ton of actual on field context to run on. A lot of it is uh, outside of football context and small sample size. The One of the guys that I'm really excited about, I've invested in, in a bunch of dynasty leagues in uh, keeper leagues, because I think next year could be someone who might have a ton of value to his name and has shown in small spurts this year that he can be electric is Tajay Spears for a number of reasons. Uh, one, it's looking more and more like, like, and actually I'm shocked they didn't trade Derrick Henry at the trade deadline, but he was on the market. He was, I just don't think they got what they wanted. Yeah. They couldn't get the package, but I, I think they're, they're, they've expressed they're willing to move on from him. They're likely to move on from him. And Tajay Spears is, absolutely electric he's already so there's a couple like really puzzling things uh for him specifically his like per attempt stats his like uh efficiency stats are incredible so uh, i couldn't pull all of them before this but like his yards per attempt among qualifying backs so anyone who had over like 30 or 40 carries um he is fourth overall in the league uh yards per uh yards after contact Per attempt third in the league, both far above Henry. There's very few people, including CMC and you name him. He is above everybody in terms of efficiency. When he gets the ball, he is explosive. He can take it 80 yards in a, in a heartbeat, but he's just really, really efficient with the ball. Um, he's just not getting a ton of volume. So uh, he is spending about, he is actually on the field about 50% of the snaps, a little above 50% of the snaps. They're just not giving him the ball for some reason. So that is the one thing that really concerns me. He's like getting five carries, eight carries, six carries, two carries, right? And it's like 
this guy is super efficient. He is super, he's super productive when you're giving him a real opportunity, but you're just going to keep on pounding it with Derrick Henry. And, and I don't blame you for that. Protect him for next year if that's what they're doing. But I'm really excited for him. For the the reason I have him as my players that are about to boom and, and hot sweet sweet deals, deals. Hot sweet deals. Uh, I think it's a sweet deal because people might not really understand what he might be next year, and it's not a guarantee. You never know; they could go out and draft somebody or bring somebody else in, and it's it's always a risk, right? But if you can trade for this guy now, when he's probably at his absolute floor, I think that's a really strong buy. He's super young. I think he's a his super bright future. Uh, uh, Fantasy Pros has him at a late twenty uh, four first or an early 24th second and uh, uh, early 24th third. I mean, if I can spend a second and third on him, it's a no-brainer for me. A first kind of depends. I don't know. But um, I think people might be sleeping on him. Depends on which league you're in. I love him. I'd spend a first because I think he's going to be really good next year. Uh, But that's that's why he is my sweet deal. Now, Brendan. I want to see where you're going with this because Colin did leave out a certain little thing that I think scared a lot of people away from Tajay Spears. So who better to poke a hole in your balloon, Colin, than the running back hater himself in the Iceman, Brendan Albrizio? Yeah, here's the thing. Why do you need an ACL when you're Tajay Spears and you're damn explosive without it? His his profile, his running, his metrics, the eye test, nothing makes any sense to me unless, and this is a possibility that we all have to admit, the rumors of him not having an ACL are fake. Could be fake news because he looks on film like he's got everything he needs. I don't know that I would give a first. I probably would give a second and a third if that is indeed the value. But with Tajay Spears... I actually do believe the medicals. I Brennan, think he's going to have let a me problem. I know you won't give a first for him. Don't you dare you <laughs> pretend like you yeah, might. I, I know you would. I never show up with a first. Are you kidding and me? I are Not a little more reasonable. Back. I know you would. Not for a running back. I do believe the medicals. I think he's got a real problem there. But you've got lightning in a bottle. You have Todd Gurley. 2.0 so you're gonna have a run of three if not four years as soon as they free him which i think is coming because old billy jeans was looking his way on the field they just missed on a touchdown on last thursday so he's got it going on i think he's gonna turn it on you've got this the rest of this year you've got next year i think you've got 2025 and if you're lucky you got 2026 but you've got lightning when you do have it he's gonna be awesome as long as he's got that knee or whatever's left of it i mean you're throwing out some conspiracy theories out there with like there it's just it doesn't make sense it's like you need this acl in your knee to be able to cut and then i'm watching him cut and i'm like well i i have two looks ACLs, like one of the best and ones i don't look like that he literally yeah. looks like one of the best ones at cutting on the field and the other part of this is he he colin already talked about how much he's out on the field but he's out snapping Derrick Henry, like half the games that they've played together so far already. And the passing target, the passing usage that he's gotten is also very encouraging. So we'll have to see where that goes. But I I love that one. That's a great boom, especially since Henry didn't get traded yet. Offseason, he's almost certainly gone. So now you're going to whoever they if they bring somebody else in, whoever it is, it's not King Henry. That's for sure. So I love that one, Colin. And uh, especially I love it because he's on my roster as well. A lot of these guys are on my roster. I'm pretty psyched about that. Brendan. Let's go to you. Who do you have 
as your sweet deal. My sweet deal is a guy that everyone is sleeping on, and I know why they're sleeping on them because they saw Clayton Tune out there last week. Not Tune. We apologize, audience. I really did no, think that somebody I apologize called him Tune. But Clayton Tune was out there, and he's not NFL ready. He's not even CFL ready. The guy I think you should go out and get right now today is Marquise Hollywood Brown. He's wide receiver 20 on the season. Let me just pause there and let everybody take that in. He's a top 20 wide receiver on the season. Did anybody know that? Were you looking at Hollywood Brown? No, you were not. And you're lying if you thought he was. He's our true rank wide receiver 36. Slight concern that he's an unrestricted free agent next season, but Arizona gave up a lot to get him. They gave up a first round pick. They gave up the 23rd overall pick this past year. Now the Ravens in return gave him a third round pick, but Arizona traded a first rounder. He is best friends with QB1 Kyler. I think they play a lot of Warzone together. They've got chemistry. And when I talk about chemistry, these guys have chemistry. Last year playing together from weeks one from weeks one through six before Hollywood went on IR. He averaged 10.7 targets per game, and that turned into 18.25 points per game. These guys love each other. They're BFFs. They're connecting. They're going to make it happen. Kyler is going to come back. He is playing for his NFL life. He is going to ball out with Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown is somebody that you can go get right now. I don't care what Fantasy Pros tells you, but I guarantee you could get Hollywood Brown for a first-round pick and maybe not even much more because of the question marks, because he doesn't have a contract yet for next year, which he will get. But, but Brendan, what about Call of Duty? I know. It's shocking, but it, it is somewhat of a concern because the only thing that can stop Kyler Murray is Call of Duty. And if he does not hit the damn books this year... a strong gust of wind, perhaps. Kyler's got some Kyler's got some thickness to him. I am concerned about the studying, but I think that this year, either being more or less on probation for the rest of this year, season to figure out if he is going to be the answer in Arizona, I think it's going to really light a fire. He's going to get those hours logged on the iPad watching game film, and he's going to smarten up quickly. And that can only help his best friend in the world, Marquise Hollywood Brown. Yeah, I mean they 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 ride together, they die together. It's if they move on from Kyler, they're moving on from Hollywood Brown too. Brandon, just to bring it back to what his trade value is, it is the equivalent of a early second, or in QB value, Baker Mayfield. So uh, this is a good one. This kind of this really fits the bill of what we're trying to to see here. And you're right, Kyler's coming back. We're going to remember about the existence of Hollywood Brown as long as he can stay healthy. So that's a really good one, Colin. Any rebuttal there? Any poking in his balloon? He didn't really poke in your balloon the way I thought he was going to with Tajay Spears. <laughs> uh, so it, it, at that uh, trade value, no poking here. I, I think that's a no-brainer smash except on that for sure. Um, I do I do have a lot of concerns about him long-term, though. I do think, I mean, like when he was in Baltimore, he didn't get enough targets. He, he, was, he was frustrated. He... He forced his way out essentially there and then 
he came to Arizona and things did not play out the way that he wanted there. I wouldn't be shocked if he wants out again, but I, I think the one, if things continue to play out the way it has, right, there's two paths he could take. He's I'm going to try to go make as much money as I possibly can, or he can be true to what he's been his whole career, which is I want to win games. I want to be targeted. I want to be a staple of an offense. And actually I think that could be really encouraging at that trade value. Yes, he's someone you should definitely invest in, but it could also go the other direction pretty quickly. And honestly, I, I have him on one roster. I tried to sell him desperately before this year. Couldn't get any real quality trade. Pretty similar to like the Keenan Allen, but I actually was like, I want to keep Keenan Allen. I'd rather trade Marquise, and nobody wanted him. Literally, nobody even wanted him. Like they, it's I like could a get six years age difference between the two. I, mean, I, I couldn't think get a that. second for him. That's insane, Marquise. Brown is 26 years old. And you know what, Colin? If he's not getting targets on the field, he's going to get him in Verdansk, dropping into Warzone. I love it. This guy's going to get targets no matter what in Arizona. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's 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 move on to our final player. And it is suitable that it is, in fact, a quarterback. We're moving on from these wide receivers. This is a very wide receiver heavy episode, by the way. This is almost like our tight end episode that it turned into last week, Brandon. We have no tight ends in this one. However, the man that I want to talk about is none other than the Howler, Sam Howell. Boys, do you know what rank he is as quarterback this year? Yes. Would you like to share? I'm, I'm good. QB6. Thank you very much, Colin. Appreciate that. Do you know where he ranks in passing yards on the season amongst all quarterbacks? I'll, I'll save you the second, the, second most. Second most. Thank you very much. Number two in the league. Boys, he's arguably, he's 23 years old. He's arguably the best rookie quarterback out of that 2022 class, right? The other guys, Brock Purdy, maybe is the only other one you could argue, but I don't know about that, fellas. Brock Purdy, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, he's done. Bailey Zappi, who cares? Malik Willis, who cares, right? He, he might be the guy. Right now, Fantasy Pros has him valued as an early 2024 second plus a mid to late 2025 third to go get this man. Notable quarterbacks that are valued higher on Fantasy Pros. Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett, Jordan Love, maybe. Daniel Jones, I don't think so. Kirk Cousins, I don't think so. Will Levis, Billy Jeans, possibly. Brendan, let me ask you before I go any further. Billy Jeans or Sam Howell? The Howler. Sam Howell. The Korean gunslinger. Sam Howell. Yep. Whoa. Okay. All right. Anyways. If you remove his week three game against the Bills, where he threw four touchdowns and no, and no, um, excuse me, four interceptions and no touchdowns, he would be, he would have 14 touchdowns and five interceptions on the season. He'd be averaging 20.37 points per week. He has six top 12 finishes. He has two top five finishes, and he's finished QB1 overall already in just nine weeks on this season. Boys, the reason why his value is so low is because of the questioning of, What's going to happen with the head coach going into next season? But guess what? He has won virtually everybody over on this team, and he's proving it. Brennan, I know you saw those throws against our pitiful New England Patriots. That defense is certainly not what we typically see from Bill Belichick, but they're also not the worst in the league. He was throwing some bullets, some dimes. He is the Korean gunslinger. He is the Korean Brett Favre. This guy is no joke out there. And let me just tell you what some of the quotes have been coming out of the team, out of the locker room. First of all, his head coach said a couple of weeks ago, Ron Rivera, we feel we have a QB. This franchise has been looking for quite some time. 
And for the first time in a while, I think that guy might be here. But more importantly than that, Jonathan Allen, leader in the locker room, said Sam Howell has established himself as a franchise QB in Washington for five to 10 years. I believe that. I don't think they need to go and find another quarterback right now. I think they have that short up. They got to go find other pieces to this puzzle. They need running backs. They certainly need defensive players after they just sold two kind of studs on the defensive line. But this man has emerged and he's getting no respect. Brennan, no respect from you. I just got a first and a second for him in our league of record. You wouldn't even give me a first and a third. Shame on you. Colin, I didn't send an offer to you because you're pretty set, but I would expect that you would have given him respect. Am I right? I would have given you Jordan Love for him. He's currently valued higher than Howell, and I would have declined. Mm. Brendan, state your case, okay? I think that the price you got for him is the true price. You got a first and a second. Was the first, the first is next year, and is the second in 2025, Jake, if I recall? It is. I I think that that's the right value. Of a team that is aging out very quickly, could be a very high second, by the way. Could be a very high second. If it's a high second, if it's a low, whatever the second is, I thought that when that trade went through, that was the right value. I was not willing to part personally with a first rounder, even though I knew when the trade came across my desk that that was about the value for Sam Howell. So again, when I see these things, I hate that I keep bashing fantasy pros for this trade value, but the early 2024 second plus a mid to late 2025 third, no, what, like what? Of course, I would do that in a heartbeat. And no, I would never accept that if I had Sam Howell. That is my biggest question mark, though, is the longevity of Sam Howell with a new regime coming in. Are they going to want to tie their wagon to Sam Howell? Or are they going to want to hit the reset button entirely? Washington is four and five. So they're not in go tank for either Drake or Caleb but they could very easily lose out from here. If they do that, I think that there's a real risk that the next people that come in will move on from him. And then I don't know what Sam Howell's value is, but today, as you look at it, I do think he's worth a first and a second for the rest of this year. And on the gamble that he really is going to be Washington's franchise quarterback. I mean, they some of the some of the teams they face the Giants, the lowly Giants who have absolutely nobody. They face the New York Jets, who I could see them stealing win from. They face the San Francisco 49ers, who I believe he beat last season, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that might be I might I may be mistaken, but my point remains the same. My thing here is Brendan, two weeks ago, he was coming off of a 10 point game where I don't think you could even get a second round pick for the guy maybe like an early third and obviously you're not doing that if you're wrong and he stays as their quarterback they announced that this offseason and you can go get him for a first and a second that is a steal that is a fantastic deal major steal and i'm willing to bet that that is going to happen the way that he's won over the locker room the way that he has performed they need other pieces to be a contending team i don't think they're going to put that blame on sam howell boys we did it. We just brought the audience some of the best trade advice they have ever heard. You're welcome, audience. Podawans, we, we appreciate you sticking by us, but this is why you stick by us, because we're bringing you A+, much better than Fantasy Pro's value on some of these players out there. We have the trade deadline coming up if you're on sleeper. Pay attention to your trade deadlines in your league, folks. But 
These are some of the guys we think you really need to go get, okay? Including some of those vets we talked about at the beginning. Colin, how are you feeling about the guys we brought to the table today? Uh, I, I love them. I, I think that all those guys are pe- essentially people that I would love to to bring into my team. There's a, there's a couple that I don't, I'm not as high on as, as others, especially like some of the, so I, I think it's important to call out. There's a lot of other guys in the league that I'm super excited about. Of course, if I can get Justin Jefferson, I want him on my roster, but at this point, I'm not sure anyone's going to be willing to give him up for anything that's even reasonable. But so I think all of these guys are people who are reasonably targeted that you might be able to steal away from somebody because they're sleeping. They're using some, some sort of janky trade value metrics. They're, they're finding on some sort of back alley website. We're just saying, Hey, send those offers out there, be creative. So the other thing I want to say too is, Hey, there's these guys, but also consider the methodology behind this, right? It's I, I mentioned Spears. He's not the only guy that might be able to step into a really productive backfield or really productive role next year. If I'm not win now, I want to target some of those guys today before the offseason hits. So target other people that fit that same vibe as well, and I think it'll pay off really well for you. Couldn't agree more, Colin. I, it, that, that's that is damn good advice. I agree with you there. And again, we would have listed Justin Jefferson, but I don't. I think he's at his ceiling, right? He's worth probably more than those first four firsts. I think you're not letting him go. The players that we were listing in C.D. Lamb and Garrett Wilson, those guys you can go get for probably two firsts right now, and they and we believe that that they could achieve that Justin Jefferson value in the near future. So keep that in mind, Brendan. Anything else you want as we close out? Just keep an eye on your trade deadline and the rules of your league. Sleepers default week 11. You have to accept all trades prior to the end of the last game on week 11. If you've got a trade pending and the game ends, you cannot accept it. So keep an eye on the actual rules of your league. Very good point, Brandon. That is a very good point. Also, uh, going into... Uh, next week we will have the Thanksgiving games. Well, it's probably, I think we're going to release this before the Sunday games. So we won't have another episode that we record next week. Next one we record is when Colin returns from Lithuania on his Russian spy mission that he is going on. Colin, we want to wish you, uh, Elvita Zane, uh, Guten Tag and, uh, and Sayonara and all those, uh, words that don't make any sense in this uh, moment, but the only ones that I can think of. <laughs> None of them are Lithuanian, by the way. <laughs> well, you said you were flying into Germany first, and I'm pretty That's, sure Alvin uh, Zane yeah. does. Okay. Okay. Guten okay. Morgen. Yeah. Scheitzenheimer. How about yeah. that? Ooh. All right. Anyways, I think we've exhausted ourselves here with this. Potty and Schnitt, we love having you here. We are the Fantasy Menace. I am your host, Jake Sullivan. Thank you, co host Colin O'Brien, Brendan Albrizio, and we will see you all next time. And we out. Later.